welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening to this, this is from Checkered to Green, the podcast, all about racing as told by three lifelong race fans, and from time to time, the business aspects of racing, the green it takes to take the green. Welcome everyone to episode 16, part two. I'm David Maudi. Alongside is my colleague, Ryan Kolpak. Elliot is off tonight. Gentlemen, or good evening. How are you? I'm doing all right, sir. Uh, not going to lie, it's been a little gray and rainy in Buffalo, New York this past week. But when you're mid-spring, it's to be expected. I'd like to see it turn around, maybe you know, move up the temperature just a little bit so we can start getting those first real tastes of the summer to come. But I don't want to come off as greedy. But how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. I mean, very nice weather. It's been rainy in Syracuse. At least I was able to get out, do some gardening. The um, wheat are weeding in the... Um, in the garden this week, uh, yesterday, but the great news, all this rain, the grass I planned in the beginning of April has come in nicely. So I am happy. Well, it's good to see somebody seeing the silver lining to all of it. Yeah. So we've had, I mean, in, in part one and Elliot joined us for part one. Uh, if you're listening to part two, Elliot is on vacation, uh, for um for this week he mentioned he was on the road Uh, unfortunately he wasn't able to join us for part two but we're gonna have a great show we talked about cup in part one we got some open wheel racing in part two with indycar and f1 brian let's talk some open wheel racing here do lots so indycar kicked off their season we have four races to talk about when we um you know when when we were talking you know in the past few episodes indycar you know formula one had just started indycar has gotten underway in big swings and four races complete they were at birmingham in the um skip barber road course um down in Alabama, and Alex Palou took the honors of winning that race. Um, thrilling race, good, good. I mean, they, they had a really bad wreck in the beginning of the race that wiped out a lot of cars, um, a scary wreck. Jimmy Johnson make his IndyCar debut in that race um, using some of his uh, super speedway skills to, to maneuver through that wreck. Uh, Palou gained the win. Colton Herta, it was off to St. Petersburg, and Colton Herta, who won the pole, won that race. Um, very well, a run race at St. Petersburg. Good, good racing there. Um, and then they did the double um, at Texas, double hire of Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday race. Scott Dixon won. Um, the Iceman, the, the Kiwi, whatever you call him, uh, the, the guy who's making history here, took, took the win at Texas. And then Pato Award getting his first career win at Texas on, on Sunday. A scary wreck at, at the start in Texas. Um, they crashed coming to the green. Um Rossi was found, uh, was in it. Sebastian Bourdais, who can't catch a break in IndyCar with, with AJ's Foyt team, um, crashing or getting involved in, in a tangle with the car here and there. Um, at all tracks this year, was involved. Uh, one of the cars flipped over, everyone was okay and cleared. It was a nasty wreck. Um, Ryan, what are your thoughts to the the fast-paced start with IndyCar this year? Well, I got to be honest. In first four races, two of the, like some of the scariest wrecks that I've seen in years, 
And I think to myself, do I really need a heart attack this early in the season? Like, yep, because I'm just going to keep right on watching. But well-earned wins in the first four races. Decisive driving really, really came through for these guys, especially Dixon in the first round at Texas. It's like he, he drove like the expert that he was, and it showed that from one end to the other. So much respect to him. As you mentioned, yeah, there's, there's a history-making career in Scott Dixon. And in the opening race of the season, Alex Palu weaving just like Jimmy Johnson did through that wreck and to hold on, take the win, well-deserved by him. And mad respect to Colton Herta because in my research, it's not often that the pole takes the win, but he showed it can be done. So congratulations to all these drivers and Looking forward to more open racing in the Indy circuits to come. As the first four races are any indication, oh, we got a wild season this year. Yeah. Oh, most most certainly indeed. And and now you're getting into the month, you know, essentially the month of May, which is Indy Grand Prix and the Indy 500. And I, I gotta say, point standings right now: Scott Dixon is first, Pedro Award is second, Elks Blue third, Joseph Newgarden fourth. Graham Rahal, fifth, and Simon Pagano is sixth. Colin Hur is seventh. Will Power and Scott McLaughlin are tied for eighth. McLaughlin, really good finishing second at Texas. Good for the rookie for that. And Jack Harvey is is tenth. So a lot of good racing. I mean, McLaren's looking good. Uh, Schmidt Pearson with McLaren's looking good this year. Ganassi. Two wins already with Dixon and Palou. Um, you know, Penske hasn't gotten a win yet. I mean, Newgarden was the favorite at St. Pete. And Colton Herr with Andretti and, and his dad, Brian Herta, helping him took the win. So that's IndyCar. And Formula One, wow. I, I, I got to say, it's going to come down to Red Bull. Mercedes Verstappen Hamilton this year. And here's why we had two races since the last time we talked about formula one after Bahrain and Lewis Hamilton winning that with that controversial pass by Verstappen and couldn't make up the ground after that. Um, Max Verstappen gets his win at Imola. What a weird race that happened. It was in the rain. Um, cars wrecking out everywhere. Valerie Bottas, um, having a, having a wreck. Um, he, he got wrecked, which, um, um, that wreck was, um, let's see. We had Bottas and let's see. It was George Russell, um, Williams and Mercedes, both, um, having it Mercedes does kind of have a stake in Williams. So they kind of had some talks afterwards. It was, um, it, it was just a racing incident. It was George Russell went to go make a pass on bodice and in that condition, the wetness, um, his wheels got off and they, they, you know, wrecked. Um, let, let's just say, uh, Bettis, um, kind of, had a universal salute to Russell when they talked. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pleasing about that. But then Hamilton went off, and there was a red flag at one point, and that helped Hamilton to get back into it. But for Stappen winning it, uh, Hamilton actually ended up finishing second. Lando Norris, who's coming on strong, was third. And then they went to Portimao in Portugal. And it was Lewis Hamilton winning that race uh, for Stappen second, Bottas third. Um, those were your top three. So literally, it has been either for Stappen, Hamilton, one, two. That's how it, it, it's been. Um, I, I will... Um, give you the quick points rundown. It's 
Hamilton leading uh, for Stappen by eight. Lando Norris third. Uh, Vettori Bottas fourth. Charles Leclerc is fifth um, right now. Um, Standing-wise, constructor standings right now. um, Mercedes leads Red Bull almost by by 18 points. Um, McLaren, uh, McLaren, who's having a good year with Lando Norris, is third. Ferrari's fourth right now. Uh, Ryan, um, your your thoughts on this, and then I've got an actually interesting take on this that I've noticed. Well, certainly, uh, my thoughts is like Lewis Hamilton is borderline unstoppable in Formula One. He, I don't know if I've ever seen a driver as skilled and committed to winning as him, if not in a long time, possibly ever. Uh, He's as good as any driver has ever been. And hot on his heels is Max Verstappen, who insists, like, I know everybody talks about Lewis Hamilton, but I'm still in this conversation as well. And let's not forget Valtteri Bottas, you know, two solid third place finishes thus far. He he also was telling, hey, there's more than just two drivers in this. All right. And don't you forget it. Yeah, between him and Hamilton, like Mercedes is dominating Formula One in the early part of this season. And let's not, you know, forget uh, Charles Leclerc. He may only be in fifth place, but he's doing everything in his power to make Ferrari look good once again. Been a bit since that's happened, so I'm sure they appreciate that. Going forward, you know, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Verstappen or Hamilton's going to win again, but... I don't think you can make things so easily predictable in Formula One. I just don't think they allow it. Yeah, that that's true. Though I, I will make one interesting point. Lewis Hamilton, all the races he's won this year, he started second. The race that he started on the pole at Imola, he lost. So if he starts second... Sunday or, or coming up for the Spanish Grand Prix um, and wins, I'm going to say he needs to be aiming for second. Yeah, if that's happened, that's that's not just a coincidence anymore. That's that's his lucky charm and he better take advantage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of good racing. I, I mean, I, I love the racing that, that's going on. It, it's been really good. I mean, like Imola, it was iffy with the rain, but Portugal was a really good race, a, a fun race. They're, they're not having fans there um, in the stands, but they're definitely making uh, good use of it. And they tried sprint qualifying in Portugal, and I, I guess that – that was actually pretty good that that worked well this year. So Ooh, they're going to be something to see going forward. Yeah. A hundred kilometer sprint qualifying to determine the pole um, where you start. And with that, that allows you to um, have a different tire strategy throughout. Normally with the normal qualifying, the top 10, the tires you qualify on, um, you have to start with. Um, this allowed for the sprint qualifying, allowed for a mix of tires to happen on race day. So you had a couple different strategies going on there. So um, maybe that'll be the future eventually, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So with that said, um, we've got a um, break coming up here. Ryan's going to tell you about our how you can reach us on social media and where to listen. This is From Checker to Green. The From Checker to Green podcast will be right back. Are you enjoying what you're listening to? Join the conversation. 
Find us on Facebook at From Checker to Green Podcast, as well as on Twitter. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Let us know. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover? Tell us about it. We'd most likely add it to our show. And if you're enjoying this episode, find the rest of our episodes on podcast.com at From Checker to Green Podcast or on Apple Podcasts. We look forward to having you in the conversation. And now, back to From Checker to Green Podcast. Welcome back, race fans. We have an interesting spotlight segment to talk about in this episode 16, part two. And it's about Formula One and the announcement they made a, a few weeks ago. Ryan, um, I can tell you, I can hear that um, Will Smith song in my head um, about Miami, because guess what? We're going to Miami. Ah, it makes me smile to hear that announcement. So it has finally been confirmed after years of planning. It is a 10-year rate, according to Chris Medlin on Racer.com. The Miami Grand Prix is for Formula One is going to start in 2022, and it is a 10-year deal. Now, this, um, according to the article, um, the downtown circuit location um, um, had, was abandoned due to uh, opposition. And what they did was they put a plan in place where the circuit's going to um, go around Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. Um, they do need some approval of this. But it, it has been confirmed that it will be on the calendar. And with that said, um, how it's going to be, um, Chris Medlin said it, it's going to be earlier in the year with to keep it apart from CODA. So essentially what they're doing is they're going to be in U.S., um, and then they'll come back later year. So instead of staying just in the United States for two races, they decide to split it up. Uh, a couple other things, um, according to the article by Chris Medlin, is um, the managing partner, Tom Garfunkel, said in Imola, um, they're grateful to our friends, the Miami Gardens elected officials and the local tourism industry for their patience and support throughout the process. We're looking forward to bringing the greatest racing spectacle on the planet to Miami for the first time in our sports history. Um, Ryan, it's a it's a second Formula One race in the United States. We haven't seen this for probably since the 70s, 80s, when they used to do Long Beach and Watkins Glen, or they used to do Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Um, let, let's talk about this and um, give me some thoughts because I, I will give you the, the track specs after this. Certainly. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm ecstatic to see another Formula One uh, city-based Grand Prix in the United States. It's nice to see that, you know, they say, hey, they got some nice real estate over there. Be good racing. And I'm excited to see how that goes down because with the specs that you're going to give us, it looks like they found a nice balance between technical and breakneck speed. Most certainly. Now, here, here's a Here's a, here's some specs on this. So um, it's going to be a 19 corner course around the iconic Card Rock Stadium where there's been Super Bowls and um, the Miami Dolphins play, um, and, and that may be why they're they're going to do it earlier in the year as well because you do have a conflict with the NFL and building a street course and 
you may have to work around a NFL schedule, especially if Miami's playing home. But it's a 5.41 kilometers, which is 3.36 miles. Um, they're going to have three potential drag reduction zones, DRS zones, where um, it's going to be the, the drag reduction, which is um, if you don't if you don't follow Formula One much, is um, it's they use it for qualifying practice, um, but during race time they have these um, indicators, these detection zones that um, if you're within one second of a car, um, you get. Um, it gets picked up and when you get to the zone, whether you're within that second or not, um, you cross the DRS start zone, your wing opens up and you get more horsepower, which gives you a chance to either catch the guy and pass them before you're out of DRS or get enough DRS where you may be able to make a move on them in a future corner. Um, and the one thing is um, I'm trying to uh, give you a, a conversion here is kilometers to miles per hour. Um, we have it's the the top speed is going to be 320 um, kilometers per hour and that rounds up to 198 so almost um, 200 miles per hour would be the top speed your thoughts Ryan knocking on the door of 200 miles an hour on three potential long straightaways that's fast and 19 corners, you're going to see some of the best technical racing that these drivers have to offer when they're doing that. Yeah. And as far as the date goes, with nothing exact in place, uh, Formula One CEO Stefano Domenicali confirmed that the event would be held towards the end of the second quarter to just avoid the uh, August summer break. Yeah, August summer break, but also look at the NFL. Exactly. With the money so, they bring in, it's going to be a give and take. So, and with proper scheduling, everyone wins. Yeah. So I'm looking right now at the diagram. So it looks like the start finish line will be right at um, the Miami Hard Rock Stadium, which is ideal because you're going to be able to use the parking lots to set the pits up. You're going to, you can, you can actually, you know what? You could have a, you know, depending on COVID and all that, you could have a giant viewing party in the stadium. Um, and it looks like you've got turn, you'll start straight, you'll go turn one, turn two, and then turn three. So kind of buses along the one side of the stadium. And then turn you know s's turn four along the back side five kind of wind through six seven eight a long straight till nine a short straight to ten long straight to eleven kind of wind through 12 13 14 six. actually 16 is going to be a hard um left turn long straight to 17 18 19 and then back to the stadium <laughs> oh that glorious wow. story away between 16 and 17 they're going to have it to the floor there. You might be seeing some well, cars bordering on flying down there. Well, that that's going to be 200. Now, it'll be interesting to see where the DRS is, but that hard left turn at 16, it's going to be tough. I guarantee it. I mean... Well, I know better than to argue on that one. So, so think of this. L let's talk business standpoint on this. How big money revenue do you think this could be? I mean, they're, they're in a 10-year deal. Now, granted, Formula One does have control over the schedule and can 
say, I'm sorry, but we're not going to do this, or I'm sorry, we're not going to start this, i.e. Vietnamese Grand Prix. <laughs> um, A fair analogy, sir. Um, but I, I mean, IndyCar used to run in, in um, Miami at Tamateri Park. Um, what, from a business standpoint, knowing what Formula One has, has done and, and the kind of on and off success failures of i.e. Caesar's Palace, um, Long Beach was, was actually pretty successful. Um, Watkins Glen was successful. Uh, Coda's been, been successful. Indianapolis w- was a complete flop. Um, what, what do you think could happen with this? I mean, it, it is a gamble. Do you think they're they're going to be successful with Miami? Well, given that they were smart enough to choose Miami, one of the largest cities in the country, one of the most densely populated cities in the country as well, I think I'd be more shocked if this doesn't make money by the dump truck load. Is looking at the picture of the layout here, and I apologize to our listeners who can't look at it at the moment. Look it up. It's a good layout. Yeah, racer.com. Chris Medlin added the tweet to it in his article on April 18th. There are at least six solid points that you could put uh, loads of viewing for this race that would not only be premium viewing, which again will generate much more revenue, but you can also spread it out over the length of the entire track itself, mm-hmm. meaning you will have a plethora of good options for not only viewing and yes, as you mentioned, utilizing the stadium as well to view the race over the, the Tron there. Like this is a race that could make an absolute fortune for Miami right off the bat and consistently. I believe that formula one made a wise decision in this race. And I don't doubt that the revenue will be there. I, 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 I definitely agree. I mean, I, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a solid point you have on that. Now, one question I, I do have is, you know, they, they should utilize the stadium. It, it would be no brainer to, to use that. Um, the only, the only concern I have with it um, is I, you know, it, it, it took them a while to get Coda, you know, after Indianapolis, I think there was a bad taste um, in everyone's mouth after what happened in Indianapolis. I, I, I again say they were successful with Long Beach and Watkins Glen. Um, Watkins Glen kind of faded away because I, I think safety aspect and state safety was starting to come to focus. Um, but I just, I, I, I'd love to see it successful, but I think they're going to have to utilize it the right way. Utilize the resources, use the stadium um, to your benefit, have a viewing party, you know, people who can't be in there, watch it, you know, you know, do like what Indy does with the snake pet, have a concert going on or, or something like that, or, you know, have the race on, on the, on their, um, on their screens and that maybe a running update of, of where it is across the, the ribbon boards. Um, I just wonder um, I, I know Miami, but maybe Watkins Glen they, they should look at if if this doesn't go, I think I think Coda's successful. If if they're really keen about putting a second race in here and something happens that this falls through with Miami, 
I'd say go to Long Beach. Go to Watkins Glen. Alternate it. You do it in Europe. You alternate the tracks where you where you go to in, in, in countries. Why not do it here? Your thought, Ryan? Uh, you make an excellent point. With uh, Watkins Glen and Long Beach proving repeatedly that they can consistently be successful in the Formula One circuits, they would be excellent fallbacks. The reason I believe that Miami's going to be successful is it's a very wealthy and affluent city. Mm-hmm. And where the money is, you're making revenue is not going to be a problem. And I don't have, see them having a problem utilizing the stadium, especially with the Miami Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, being completely on board with this. I think that's going to definitely pay dividends. And I'm reasonably certain he's smart enough to know that the number of seats in that building means money. Most certainly. So I, I think, I mean, we'll have to see what happens. I know we're going to need um, more, more detail to, to come out with that. So we will, we will see what happens with that. Um, and when we, when we do, um, you know, we'll probably get more details. We'll, we'll probably get a, a schedule finalized later this year um, when, when they finalize it. And then once, once we hear about it um, and, and figure out what happens, you know, when they have it, we can start, you know, have more chats about it. So, but it, it's definitely going to be interesting and i think um you know we'll see what happens with with the miami um grand prix and but i'll definitely be watching it for sure you know i will yeah and maybe we'll have to take a trip down there i would not be averse to that so with that said we got to get the car uh, tuned up back out to the track. Um, we're going to have a, a good, um, interesting green segment because we have some good racing, including some Formula One coming up this weekend. Ryan's got a word um, about one of our sponsors. This is From Checker to Green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. You want your business to stand head and shoulders above your competitors? Consider the technical skill of Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has the knowledge and resources to make your business stand out amongst your competitors and looks favorable amongst your customers. Options from logo designs, stationery, letterheads, anything you need to make yourself stand above your competitors. If interested, Contact Samurai Graphics at samuraigraphics716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Welcome back, race fans, and we have a good green segment here on the From Checker to Green podcast. Ryan, we've got some open wheel racing happening this weekend, and the first thing we're going to talk about is Formula One is in Spain for the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, they are at, it's the Formula One um Armico Grand Primo de España, essentially the the essentially it's the Grand Prix of Spain 2021. They are at the Circuit de Barcelona Catalana. I love this circuit. Um, circuit stats. This is uh this was a first Grand Prix in 1991. Circuit length is 4.675 kilometers. Uh, race distance 308.42 kilometers. Um, 
66 laps. That's probably the most important part you're going to need to know. Um, two DRS, DRS detection zones. Um, they are, uh, it's a 16 turn course, just to explain it. You have a very long straightaway. You go, uh, you turn right into turn one, then a quick left into turn two, and the big sweeping carousel in turn three to a short straightaway with a uh, small carousel in four. Um, so you kind of turn right and then you make a right again, and then you make a left in turn five into a dog leg on six, and then a quick left-hand turn into seven and eight DRS, DRS detection zone between eight and nine. You get DRS from coming out of the right turn and nine into the left turn on 10. Um, quick um, turn in left turn to 10, which takes you into 11, then a quick right-hand turn into 12 short straight into a tight right-hand turn into 13, then a um, um, left into 14, a right into 15, into the second DRS zone, come out 16, and DRS on the front stretch. I love this course. I love the design of it. It's one of my favorite courses. Um and right now, they've, um, as we're doing this, they've only had two practices right now. Um, the race, if you're listening to this, um, in the U.S., 8.55 um, Eastern Time, 8.55 a.m. on Sunday, um, you, get the, you get the idea, you know. As you go out further west, um, it's going to be closer to 6 a.m. And if you're listening to this and you're in Hawaii, um, you might as well pull the overnighter and watch it at 2 a.m. Um, that is for the truly dedicated. Yes. So um, as of right now, practice results, um, Bodice was one for Stapton two, Hamilton three in practice one. In practice two, it was Hamilton, Bodice, and Leclerc. Um, your top three. Ryan, what do you think going into this? Well, we always know the easy bet is to bet on Hamilton, given mm -hmm. his, you know, rather impressive career. But with uh, Valtieri Bodas constantly knocking on that door, I wouldn't sell him short. Now, that's a person who's just itching for that one opportunity that races always give you to take the front. And he's the kind that can do it. So, again, never count him out. Leclerc, with his consistently solid performance in the practices, he's hungry for it. And he's got the skill to do it. Beyond that, I think this is going to be uh, definitely a technically sound race. The configuration for... The track demands that, especially a couple of those really, really intense tight turns, especially the one off of turn five. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of turn that separates the rookies from the veterans. Most certainly. I, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting race. Um, I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be really good. Um, you know, I, I, I'll say here, I, think it'll either be Hamilton or Verstappen. I mean, that's what you're going to see this year, one or the other. Um, but do look out for Lando Norris. Um, he's starting to make strides. McLaren is is starting to um, make a dent, um, getting back to where they were, um, kind of dethroning Ferrari off the top three. Um Th this year so or, or so far they have so we'll, we'll see what happens it's going to be a really interesting race um i i'm looking forward to it i'll i'll record it i'll watch it later um that evening 
um, probably after my in-laws leave um, or have them over. So I'll watch it. Um, and I, I, I'm going to be excited for it. I'm getting in Formula One and watching it. I'm definitely enjoying it. No argument here. So um, with that said, um, some other opening wheel action going on um, right now. The World of Outlaws have um, returned back to Eldora for the first time. The pandemic, Eldora was completely shut down last year with COVID, no racing. Tony Stewart um, got them back. It's the Let's Let's Race 2, essentially two nights with the USAC midgets or, or the USAC series, sorry. Um, the U, uh, USAC boys ran, the World of Outlaws sprint cars ran. Um, rain tonight, um, as far as I know right now, uh, according to um Tony Stewart, he said he was going to get this in. He did not care how much rain it was going to be. He was going to get this in. And um, as of right now, they are racing it. Um, he, he said... We were going to get this in. The rain was laying up. And actually, it's the USAC sprint cars um, are hitting the track to finish the wheel packing and put heat in their engines. So that was about uh, about 10.45. Going to be a long night for these guys, but they are going to race. So congrats to Stuart on that. Ryan, your thoughts? You got to admire Stewart's dedication in saying, this is happening. It's like, we didn't get this last year. We're not having a repeat performance of that. This is going down. And you know what? He's a man of his word. Mad respect to him for that. Yeah. And he, as you said, it's a long night of racing ahead of these. But I think they're going to enjoy it. And World of Outlaws just, um, just, tweeted uh three minutes ago racers race and that's because zeb wise has unloaded his trailer i approve so um it is going to be really it's gonna be a long night in eldora and then they gotta turn around and run it again tomorrow so um, like a lot of times in their schedule, it's the track so nice they'll race it twice. Yeah, so it is. It is going to be really good. So, um, we will definitely have results from you know we'll talk about that in the the next episode. Results off of that and the Formula One. So. I got to say, you know, we've had a a good show, but Ryan, I think it's time to move on to final thoughts. And um, our final thoughts tonight, we've got a heavy hearts here on the From Checker to Green podcast. Yep, it's it's a somber night for the final thoughts. Yes. Loss of one of the few greats we got left, Bobby Unzer. Yes. Uncle Bobby, as you know him, um, you may have uh, called him that, Uncle Bobby, a, to- a term coined by um, Paul Page on um, ABC Sports when they were doing the IndyCar coverage and the Indy 500. Um Bobby Unzer was 87. He passed away Sunday night, May 2nd, um, at the age of 87. Great racer, Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner, 
uh, many years. Um, you know, he won that. You know, grew up in Albuquerque. Him and his brother and um, Ellenzer Sr. and his nephew, Ellenzer Jr., um, combined for nine wins in their indie career. Bobby won three, L won four, Lil L won two. Um, Bobby was your 68, 75, and 81 winner. Um, my thoughts on it, uh, Robin Miller wrote some good words about him on racer.com this week, but Bobby knew what he was talking about. He knew how to make cars work. Um, he, he very talented racer, um, very great knew what, you know, you know, he knew what he was talking about. He helped Penske develop some of those good race cars that helped made him successful in like the seventies and the eighties. Um, good friends with Mario Andre until 1981 when um, controversy unfolded. If you listen to the Dinner with Racers podcast, the interviews they did with Bobby Unzer, he was a jokester. Um, I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, things that they did, um, you know, you just got to listen to it. Um, one of the greats um, out there. Um, I, I want to touch back on 81 um, and how good friendship got strained for numerous years and um, where Bobby and Mario didn't talk. And Bobby um, law. Um, won the racing controversy. Um, rules weren't clear back then on how, when you could blend in on pit road, coming off of pit road, and Bobby passed about 17 cars. Well, Mario passed about five, and they blended in, and it was Jackie Stewart who called out on the broadcast, you can't pass those cars with, with Bobby Unzer. And it, the um, Pat Patrick was the car owner, but Bobby, um, but the crew chief at the time for Mario Andre decided to protest and they kind of convinced Pat Patrick to, even though he didn't want to. Um, and they protested, and you said came back and said. The next day, Mario Andre won the race, not Bobby Unzer. So they gave it to Mario. And Mario kind of felt bad. You know, he says, you know, I know how it was. I lost a, uh, a Formula One race that way. Um, and so he, um, legal bails, there was a Nightline episode, which you can see on YouTube. But legal bails ensued, and it took a court months later to give Bobby Unzer the win. Um, and Bobby, the corner Bobby was with Pat Patrick hunting when the call came through, and Pat Patrick said to him, he goes, I'm glad they gave it to you because um, I didn't like the protest, so... Um, but him and Mario, best of friends, never talked for probably until like 2016 when they were at banquet and they finally started talking again. So they, they made peace, which is really good, which is really good that they finally made the peace. So, um, but great person, great analyst, funny guy, um, yeah, but definitely truly missed, Ryan. 
Well, one thing's for sure, they haven't made him like him in a good long while, and his accolades go to show that. He has a pretty interesting ones, actually. It's a few things that your average driver doesn't have. For example, in 1993, he set a Bonneville Salt Flats record at the Bonneville Speedway, a speed of 223.709 miles per hour in a degas modified roadster, and he held that record for 18 years. Not bad. Not bad indeed. Not too many people get to say, yeah, I held a world record for a while. Yeah. So, Bobby Unzer, rest in peace, sir. Yeah, rest in peace. And go join those um, race, go join those big racers in the sky. And that that group, that elite IndyCar group is down one more. So, well, with that said, Ryan. It's been a great episode. Um, I know we're missing Elliot tonight. Um, you know, we glad, we're glad he could join us for the first part. Um, you know, we thank we thank you for all the lists. You know, everyone who listens. Um, you know, you know, get the word out about this podcast. Um, you know, you know, try you know. Find us on social media. Find us on Twitter. We're we're definitely gonna, you know, we, you know, we're definitely got some plans in the works here to to increase. Ryan, I know we're looking to pick up some more sponsors. So you know, if you've got a business and you're wanna get promoted, hey reach out to us, you know, let us know, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to work with you. And let's not forget potential guests coming down the line. That is true. We, we definitely have some potential guests coming down the line. And, and that's something I think we're going to definitely try to. So we've got some changes coming to this. We, we've got some improvements so it's just not the three of us yakking all night. and But we appreciate everyone listening, and please give us feedback, too. We, we, we really want to know what drives us. So to everyone who's listening out there, thank you, and have a good night. We want to hear from you. We appreciate everyone that listens to us. We appreciate all your support. We look forward to you listening to us in the future, maybe even chatting it up with us on social media. We'd love to hear it. This is Ryan Kolpak. We'll catch you on the next round. And this is David Marty. Have a good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. And this is From Checker to Green. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green podcast.